is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message was originally given on May 22, 2022. Pastor Emma Peterson delivers a message called Good and Faithful Allies, Examining the Most Recent Assault on LGBTQ and Women's Rights and what Unitarian Universalists can do about it. In his leaked draft of the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade, Justice Alito wrote, A right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. The word abortion does not appear in the Constitution, the literalist asserted. Therefore, access to abortion is not an inerrant right. The word abortion also does not appear in the Bible, though the word woman does. Woman does not appear in the Constitution, indicating that Alito and his conservative buddies on the bench consider half this country's population devoid of inerrant rights. The leaked draft quotes extensively from a 17th century jurist, Sir Matthew Hale, who hated women so much, he paved the way for the legalization of marital rape. That a Supreme Court justice in the year of our Lord 2022 can draw significantly from a long dead misogynist while also declaring that those who need abortion weren't granted the right when the United States was founded is as ridiculous as it is horrifying. Essentially, the Supreme Court asserts, if your civil rights as a woman, as a black person, as a queer person, as an immigrant, as a child, the list goes on, aren't deeply rooted in history, you didn't have them then and you should never have them. In this legislative session alone, states across the country put forth bills legalizing the discrimination and mistreatment of transgender people, particularly transgender children. These bills are sweeping in their dismantling of the autonomy of LGBTQ folks, ranging from the first stepping stone, banning trans kids from participating in team sports, to the total illegalization of existence as a trans person. In Iowa, Governor Kim Reynolds requested the state legislature ban kids from sport, ban trans kids from sports teams, while states like Texas legalized protection of parents who seek legalized prosecution of parents who seek out gender affirming care for their kids. Some of these bills are as ridiculous as they are destructive, like Florida's Don't Say Gay Law which aims to fully wipe out any reference to family structures that aren't cisgendered and heterosexual in education. What is remarkable about these bills beyond their success is how predictable they are. For decades, queer folks have been scapegoated and demonized by politicians seeking a target to assuage their base 
who feel that there must be someone to blame for their lack of upward mobility and economic security. Clever politicians blame this country's problems on women, on queer folks, on immigrants, and on and on. Well, all along, it is money, greed, and power that truly threatens the masses. Notice I have connected the dismantling of Roe and the legalization of transgender discrimination because they are inextricably connected, though the powers that be will try to further divide us. When we who are fighting for our rights sacrifice one minority group to save another, we damn us all. As I have repeated endlessly for years, liberation is and only is collective. In the words of the patron saint of Black feminism and queer liberation, Audre Lorde, I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. Intersectionality is essential in our fight for our collective rights. Without it, any small battle we win won't matter because the religious right will be relentless in their quest for total cultural assimilation. To quote a UU resource, intersectionality, a concept created by black feminist legal scholar and activist, Kimberly Crenshaw, describes the ways in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination or oppression create overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. A person experiences the world through all of the identities they hold, which cannot be separated. Understanding intersectionality lifts up the reality that none of us can be free until we all are free. These laws and bills are ultimately about the dismantling of our individual right to bodily autonomy. Bodily autonomy, in the words of Gloria Steinem, is the bedrock of democracy. Without authority over our own bodies, there is no democratic process. When our bodies become property of the state, we have already fallen woefully into authoritarianism which is ultimately the goal of the evangelical machine. Anyone who is not a white male is a threat and therefore their rights must be compromised. This is not hyperbole or exaggeration. We are standing on the precipice of a dangerous freefall and it is up to those of us who recognize what is happening to fight as if our very lives are at stake because they are. A designated other is necessary in the effort to seize and maintain political power. The religious right has determined the cultural ideal, which is the nuclear family. The scapegoat is viewed collectively as a threat to this determined ideal. In this case, the cisgender heterosexual nuclear family. Anything, whether it be a woman determining her own reproductive timetable or queer people rejecting traditional family structures that is different from the ideal must be erased and violently so. The dismantling of Roe and the legalization of transgender discrimination is violence. Consider for just a moment the underlying message of purity culture 
women's sexuality is a threat to the sexual purity of men. Women's dress, speech, and attitudes must be suppressed and, up and controlled to uphold purity culture. The moment women reclaim their physical power and their autonomy, the whole house of cards falls. And so those in power demonize, fearmonger, and legislate. And once one scapegoat is defeated through violent means, another takes its place. Today, it is women and queer folks. Evangelical Christians feed into the misinformation machine, branding all queer people as sexual predators and all pregnant people as gleefully desiring to abort their healthy children late in term. These lies stoke fear, and so we allow the determined other to be erased from existence. This will never stop with Roe. It is foolish to trust that we can lose one right to protect another. My friend Remington Johnson is a Presbyterian minister and registered nurse living in Texas. As a trans woman and public theologian, Reverend Remington considers it her moral calling to speak truth to power. For years now, she has shown up at every Texas legislative session where her rights are being compromised to plead not only for her humanity, but for the humanity of her trans siblings. This work takes a tremendous toll on her body and her spirit, and yet she fights. Recently, I reached out to her to ask for a few talking points in the debate about trans kids in sports. Her answer surprised me. Of course, there were the expected suggestions. What do sports really teach us, she asked me. They teach us teamwork and belonging and the joy of body at work and play. And she reminded me, kids who are socialized males are rewarded for even the earliest and most tepid displays of athletic prowess. If we handed little girls basketballs and cheered wildly when they dropped it in a net, they would develop the same skills as their male peers. It's about socialization, not natural skill, Remington asserted. But beyond that, she let me witness her hopelessness and her despair. These bills will pass and become law, Remington told me, sighing deeply and swearing under her breath. And so now it's all about palliative care. It is futile to waste our breath arguing for the humanity of those whose rights are being compromised. Those who are anti-choice do not care that fewer than 2% of abortions occur late in pregnancy and that every late-term abortion is a devastating choice. They do not care that outlawing gender-affirming care will lead to increased rates of suicide of transgender children. The dismantling of bodily autonomy and the reinforcement of oligarchical culture is the aim. The erasure of difference is the goal. Do not argue, do not plead, do not engage. Instead, 
reorient your focus to the victims. It is a fool's errand to chase after the oppressor to plead for mercy while leaving the victim to suffer alone. Tend to those who are being imminently threatened. Look to those who have been preparing for these inevitabilities for decades and follow their guidance. Right now, in the prophetic words of Reverend Remington Johnson, focus on palliative care. Recognize and tend to the wounds of those who are being scapegoated. Now is the time for the power of the collective. This is not the time for polite decorum. In response to protests happening outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, the U.S. House quickly moved to enshrine protections for Supreme Court justices and their families, lest our cries for justice interrupt their sleep. At a time when our very, when our very dominion over our own bodies is being dismantled, the powers that be are concerned with civility. We must recognize the ways the system is engendered to protect those in power and reorient our focus to those being targeted. Marches and protests with signs bearing kicky slogans comforts us in the moment, but unless we are literally disrupting the peace of those in power, our actions are largely performative. True activism makes comfortable people uncomfortable and is inherently disruptive. I am far more interested at present in grassroots community building and in mutual aid because collectively is the only way through this. Those in power will not save us because their interests lie squarely in the preservation of their wealth and control. Our only hope is the collective. It is far time to put down the elixir of individualism, which we have drunk and become drunk, so that we may see with the sober clarity of a searing sunrise that scapegoating one group leads only to the scapegoating of another and ultimately dooms us all. We aren't free until we all get free. Freedom now or freedom never. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. Today's episode is our last in season two, and we are going to take a bit of a break for the summer. Look for season three this fall, and as always, thanks for listening.